Yo, partnership alert, partnership alert, partnership alert. Living Corporate has a partnership with LinkedIn Learning, an American massive open online course provider that provides video courses taught by industry experts across a wide array of subjects. Now, the partnership is because Living Corporate has courses on LinkedIn Learning focused on diversity, equity, inclusion for leaders, career professionals, and anyone really looking to upskill themselves and be better allies. So make sure you check out our courses on LinkedIn Learning by clicking the link in the show notes. And let's just say you don't want to do that. You go to LinkedIn Learning on LinkedIn, search Living Corporate. We'll be right there. All right. Peace. Hi. My name is Vonda Page, and welcome to the group chat, Radical Change with Vonda Page. I am super excited to be here with you today and to kick off a uh, four-part series that I specifically want to dig into talking about Black History Month. And, you know, not talking about Black History Month from the standpoint of, you know, uh, quotes and, and all of that, but I really want to talk about Black History Month from the standpoint of corporate America, from the standpoint of media, from the standpoint of uh, these workplaces, right? And really from the standpoint of leadership. So, you know, um, we are three days away um, from seeing what this year's uh, Black History Month, um, I don't even know what to call them. I don't know if we want to call them advertisements. I don't know if we want to call them um, token appreciation. I, I don't even know what we want to call them. But 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 we're going to have a whole uh, conversation over the next four weeks. And we are going to um, actually talk about it. Um, you know, one of the things that I think about uh, really, you know, when it comes to um, how corporate America seems to um, treat and handle Black History Month is almost like they do everything else, right? Uh, I think maybe about five or six years ago, I started noticing that people are putting up decorations for Halloween, I mean, for Christmas, like the day after Halloween or on Halloween. And I remember thinking, wow, right, uh, Halloween is just here and they're already commercializing Christmas. So when I think about Black History Month and I think about how we experience Black History Month, I think about the expectations we have about Black History Month. And I also think about the ex ex exasperation, the pure exasperation of Black History Month. And um, so that's what we're gonna be getting into um, over the next four weeks. <clears throat> and I wanna just start off by sharing a little bit about my um, experience. And um, I grew up loving Black History Month. So for those of you who um, don't know me, I grew up in Philadelphia um, in the 70s. And I grew up in uh, Northwest Philadelphia um, uh, in, in several neighborhoods, sort of, because I didn't go to school where I actually live. But I grew up in an area called East Germantown. I grew up in another area called West Oak Lane. Um, and so in those areas, those were primary Black neighborhoods. So I was just super blessed 
um, super fortunate to have a ton of black teachers. And so it wasn't only um, during Black History Month that I talked about um, black uh, scientists, black doctors, black artists, black achievement. We talked about it all year. And plus we lived it and we saw it. So when I think about black history, I think first and foremost, right? Black history is American history, right? Because the reason that I am called black and that black people are even called black is because we're here in America, right? And America would not be what it is without black people. And we all know that. But the fact of the matter is that our history, all of our histories of those of us who live in America are tied together. But black people are black history. Black people are black history. So when I think about, like I said, growing up in Philadelphia, having black teachers, you know, being around black doctors, dentists, lawyers, seeing black people, it was an extra bonus in February that we would get to dig into history and accomplishments of people that we didn't really know about. And so, I mean, I used to just enjoy researching um, certain people or new people. There were certain historical figures that I always loved, like Phyllis Wheatley, right, who was a little girl um, who was uh, this amazing um, writer. And something about her resonated with me um, when I was a child. And then there were, of course, you know, other people um, pre and post enslavement uh, periods, but just being around teachers, women, men, black and white, because our principal was white um, in high school um, and, and the vice principal, but black history was a part of history. So yeah, it was great to have, you know, the 28 or maybe 29 days, right, set aside to be able to focus and, and concentrate and talk about black history, <clears throat> but to live it and to be part of it was, was it was just a beautiful thing. And so my experience, um, you know, as a child and a teenager and even young adult, you know, um, really, you know, especially after later on when the internet, um, you know, was around and you could find information about lesser known uh, black Americans who contributed, um, it, it's just, it's amazing to me. But I think when you think about, you know, how as a black person, we might want to experience Black History Month as being, you know, this time when people really start to acknowledge the accomplishments, the achievements of black people um, and, and, and how that looks today and in the future, what we instead, I think, experience for the most part is a bunch of commercialization and tokenization off of Black History Month because they know, oh, this is the one time, right, where we do put a focus on, <clears throat> you know, contributions and lives of, of Black Americans, but at the same time, right, how do we try to demonstrate that we are, uh, you know, how do we try to demonstrate that we are sincere in these things, right? But I think many of us, and especially 
those of us who have worked in corporate spaces have seen Black History come and go, Black History Month uh, come and go as an exercise in tokenism where companies prop up their pictures of Black employees, they have their ERGs, you know, um, saying all of the events and, and things that they're working on. They bring in, you know, great famous speakers, you know, that, that may be black or brown, um, you know, that are speaking and getting these, you know, amazing 40, 50, $60,000 speaker fees to come in and say, your organization is diverse. Your organization is included, right? Um, they may give out some really cool t-shirts or, or some other kind of swag. You may see companies all across their profile pages on LinkedIn or Instagram or Pinterest or whatever, you know, Black History Month, we salute Black Americans or we salute achievements of Black people. But really, these companies, how are they treating their Black workers? How are they elevating their black leadership through the ranks? How are they providing equitable and justice-driven employee experiences? Are they doing audits to ensure that the black employees are on par, commiserate to their other colleagues in the same positions? Are companies pulling in black testers and black designers and black employees to actually get the perspectives, input, um, and information, right? That is only available in the black community or from a black person or are these companies just exploiting Black History Month and exploiting Black people um, in another, another way? And so, you know, as I think about the opportunity to really celebrate the achievements of Black people, really, you know, look at uh, finding out, you know, who are some of these people that we might not have a lot of familiarity with, right? So, for example, Mary, uh, Marie M. Daly, right? Marie M. Daly was an American biochemist. She was raised in an education-oriented family, and she got her BS early and her MS in chemistry at Queens College in New York and NYU, respectively. After she got her PhD at Columbia and becoming the first Black woman to obtain a PhD in chemistry in the United States, she taught and conducted research. And um, her work was really groundbreaking in how the human body works. She died in New York in October of 2003. Now for me, right, being a technologist, being a person who you know has worked in uh, technology and who's always just had a love of science and facts and information, I love learning and knowing about the contributions of black people, especially black women in STEM fields. And so I'm going to be, you know, focusing um, specifically on black women in those fields and just sharing some information um, periodically over the next 
a month or so, definitely all through October, um, around different uh, black women in STEM. Because one of the things that is really important is that we really need to highlight the contributions of people who do not get highlighted. You know, when I think a lot about, uh, you know, um, social media platforms, or I think about um, any of the, the media platforms, and you look at the voices, right, who get amplified, and you look at those voices who get elevated. And those voices are really the voices of those who are um, in power, right, and who have control. But what I want everyone who is hearing my voice right now or looking at my face and hearing my voice right now to understand that you too have power, right? And the power that you have resides in a couple of things. Number one, it's the power to tell your own story, right? So when I think about the stories that are told about Black people um, in America and our contributions um, past and, pre and present, I think a lot of times that narrative is controlled by outside sources. But I want to challenge us to control our own narrative in a lot of ways. And one way to control that narrative ourselves is to recognize and realize that our employer does not own our social media profile. Regardless of your employer, they do not own your social media profile. Now, that being said, right, depending on where you work, of course, you need to use um, discretion, common sense, right, um, intellect, as well as your corporate policies to be smart. However, there's no, uh, there's no barrier. There is no barrier to you calling out hypocrisy or lack of accountability or lack of transparency if you see your employer posting a whole lot of stuff about we do this for black history and we do this for black people and we do this for black communities and black consumers and black students and black people. But yet the workers within that organization are all concentrated within a specific segment. Do you work at an organization where there is maybe a customer service or a call center type of function and 70 or 80 percent of the people there are people who are black brown latin women that would be an indication right um to make you ask yourself huh why are there so many people concentrated at this level right within the company um if the company is so diverse and so committed to uh you know uh black people right um, I think another thing to think about is black history is ongoing, right? Because history is in the making at all times. And so when we're only pulling out, you know, Mae Jameson or, um, or Catherine Johnson or Ruby Bridges, you know, once every, you know, 12 months, like we're doing ourselves a disservice, right? Because history is in the making. And maybe just because I listen to a whole lot of rap music, uh, especially, uh, you know, from the 80s, 90s and, and uh, 2000s, you know, by, by certain people, you know, I believe that history is in the making. I believe that we are all, right, making history and that 
the, the thing is, what do you believe that you're doing? And all of that points to your story, right? So instead of allowing Black history to just be, you know, Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and Barbara Jordan and Shirley Chisholm and, you know, Sir Joner Truth, right? Let it be Zach Nunn. Let it be Vonda Page, right? Um, let it be Francine Parham. Let it be you know, a whole lot of people, right? Let black history be what we make it and let black history be the story that we tell every day, right? Which is that black people um, have been and are and will continue to be uh, just as important to this society as any other. But we have also had a very unique and very... Um, you know, difficult experience for more than 400 years, which this country, the United States of America has never atoned for, right? Not in writing, not in reparations, not in anything. And so that is the work, right? That still needs to happen. And I think that that needs to be the experience that we talk about when we talk about black history. So when we think about the experience, right, the expectation and exasperations, the experience, we can shape this experience. We can tell the, the experience. We can tell our story. And we don't have to be Tyler Perry or Shonda Rhimes, you know, to do that, right? You can tell your story and you can tell your story through social media. There are so many amazing people on social media and I don't consider myself one of the amazing people on social media, um, but who are awesome at writing and blogging and speaking and making concise and crystal clear, beautiful points about a myriad of topics. Those are the people that are making black history, right? And so one way that a person who considers themselves, you know, an ally or a person who um, you know, wants to amplify black voices is to do that, right? So while it's definitely important to talk about the accomplishments, you know, of Alice Walker and Bessie Coleman and Mary Jackson, right? It's also to like elevate people like Madison Butler and her work that she is doing in such a bold and brilliant way. I mean, if you're not following her, you are missing out um, on hearing a voice that is so sharply clear. Like, I just dream of being able to write in this way and position things like that. I don't have to because Madison got that. And every time she does one that I hopefully see and don't miss too many, I get to elevate and amplify it. Well... In 30 years from now, I can't even imagine, right, what the voice of Madison Butler, how that echo and that reverberation is going to look 30 years from now. Yeah, I'm going to be 84 years old, but I'm going to be like, I remember that Madison Butler on LinkedIn getting hate, uh, hate responses from people who are mad that she was saying, yeah, Work, white pla uh, workplaces, you need to call out white supremacist behavior. You need to call out your anti-trans uh, behavior and, you know, all your bad behavior. I can't wait, right? So she's making Black history now. That's just one example, right? And so I think that we should 
we can, I don't like to say should, that's a word I'm working on removing from my vocabulary because that root word should, what we should do, that word is rooted in that whole um, colonizer mindset. And that's something that I'm working on removing from myself. But what we can do is we can make the black history experience the experience that we want it to be, which is history in the making, right? So as an ally or as a person, even if you um, might not be that voice that's out there, you might not feel like you can be as brilliant of a writer as, you know, somebody like Madison Butler or Teresa M. Robinson, right? But you don't have to be a brilliant writer. You don't have to be a, a LinkedIn strategist. But what you could do is when you see those posts, you can share those posts to your network with a comment even an emoji that elevates it. And then guess what? You're making part of history. You're contributing to black history, right? So if I think back, if we think back to what Harriet Tubman was doing, what Sojourner Truth was doing, what um, Zora Neale Hurston was writing about, what Maya Angelou was singing and writing about and talking about and standing up about and protesting about, right? I mean, any of these people, right? What was Richard Pryor talking about in his comedy? What was Red Fox talking about? So Black history, right? We're living out Black history and we're making Black history. Black history is a continuum, right? Just like life. And I think that if we think about it that way, I'm going to think about it that way for myself. I'm going to try to see if that helps to remove this tokenistic sort of feel or framework that I get as these, you know, few days before the start of Black History Month um, begins, right? Uh, and I think about that. Fortunately for me, um, I don't work in corporate America, right? I work for myself. And so when I think about how I'm going to celebrate Black History Month or the experience, I'm just going to keep on making history. I'm going to highlight uh, stories of Black women, um, of Black people who I think uh, need to be highlighted, but in terms of what that means to me. And the other thing is when it comes to your story, you get to choose the meaning that things have in your own life. One of the things that I'm learning, and I think I've told people, I am so much of a learner. Like, I love learning. I think learning is my, my superpower. And sometimes I think, you know, I learn too much <laughs> because I am really a, a very literal person. So one of the things I take literal is when you know better, you do better, right? And so I think about that. So every time I learn something, there is this um, compelled nature in me to take action and to do something. Um, and, and sometimes that action is sharing information. Um, sometimes that action is holding a person or an organization or an entity or an app, you know, to um, accountability. Um, and, and when those times happen, you know, they're not always comfortable. They don't, they don't feel good, but you know, um, nothing extraordinary happens when you stay in your comfort zone. Nothing amazing happens when you stay safe and play it safe. And you know, when you get that, people experience it in different ways, but you know, you get that either 
heavy feeling in your chest or your heart beats really fast or maybe your neck and your throat get hot or maybe your temples, you know, start to get hot. Maybe your hands get cold. Maybe your breath gets short. Maybe your mouth gets dry. When any of those things happen, that's okay. That's your body, number one, telling you you're alive. But it's giving you signals. And it's telling you to tune into those signals. Now, those signals, you know, um, are going to vary depending on what you are experiencing at the time. But you get to choose how to respond. So when I think about Black History Month and I think about the expected tokenization, like I can't wait to see, not I can't wait to see, because I don't really want to see it. But for example, right, all of these companies in 2021 who won these amazing awards for best place to work or best place for diversity or best place for this, right? Meanwhile, you look at their, uh, you know, IPO photos or their NASDAQ pictures or whatever, they show in 15 or 20, you know, all faces that, you know, pretty much look the same. But now in February, we'll see how many people are saying, yeah, Black History Month, we salute Michelle Obama or, you know, we salute, you know, um, whoever, right, to talk about Black history of the past. What I want to see, what I hope to see and what I expect to see, especially since 2020, I mean, I really expect this time, I expect to see people talking about what they are doing, what they are doing now that is history in the making and what is something that we're going to see 10, 20, 15, 30 years from now and we'll get to say, wow, yeah, company ABC XYZ really was doing something back in 2022 for Black History Month. So here's what I am expecting. I am expecting the big brands out here, the super big brands to be plastering up, you know, these amazingly beautiful, heartfelt stories, right? Where they're showing um, Black people doing everyday stuff, living life like we like to do, um, but trying to demonstrate ways that, you know, are showing that they have a particular... Um, affinity, interest, or concern about us. What I challenge employees at these companies, especially the big ones, what I challenge you to do is whether you do it internally, privately, on Slack, inside, or any other channels, whether you spin up a, you know, black at this company uh, Instagram site, or, you know, get on Glassdoor, uh, Indeed, or any of those you know, sites where you can share um, Glassdoor or um, not Indeed, Glassdoor or any of those sites where you can share uh, information about what your company is actually doing, you're going to help your future fellow employees. You're going to help your coworkers. So for Black History Month, depending on what your expectation is inside your company, right, you have the opportunity and right, the ability to let your company know you expect them to do more than to just plaster up pictures of black folks, uh, you know, doing everyday stuff to be to pretend to be um, advocates. Right. You could ask for um, some sort of audit. Right. To say, hey, um, show us what the, the data is around black people 
um, salaries in comparison to people who are not black, right? Um, who live in those same uh, geographic areas with same uh, jobs. The other thing you could do is when you are attending um, events, uh, whether or not your organization has a, a ERG um, internally, an employee resource group, uh, some companies still call them infinity groups. Um, you know, eventually one day when the companies get it figured out, you realize you don't need these um, groups to form in this way uh, because you really need to have an intersectional approach to um, inclusion. But, you know, folks ain't really ready for those conversations. That's why they don't like the conversation and uh, conversations happening, you know, out here on LinkedIn, right? And the conversations happening um, in the equity spaces that, you know, uh, the, the, the black and brown, Latin, indigenous, you know, um, people are having out here that are in the DEI and belonging space. Um, and so, you know, I think the experience, right, of what Black History Month is going to be like is going to be one thing for you to think about how you walk into it, you do it, you tell your own story, you think about history in the making is one thing. The expectation around these companies, I don't think you should have um, any real hope that they're going to start doing the right thing because it doesn't behoove them to do the right thing because they yet, right, have not felt the pain of continuing to do things the wrong way. And that's something that I'm going to continue um, to talk about on Radical Change to really help us all, right, everybody listening, watching, um, to really know, right, what are these things that, that these companies need to do? Um, because they're hearing the messages, but there's so much deeper work that really has to happen. Uh, and a lot of it is really around um, engaging with people uh, that they don't want to engage with, right? Because they don't look like the way they want to people to look and they're not using the comfortable language that they want to hear right because they're saying words like you know uh check your privilege and i'm sorry but this is racist not sorry you know or whatever and so there's a real struggle there but the expectation you know should be low i'm sure there'll be some beautiful black history month commercials and gear but take it as what it is right it's propaganda, it's messaging, it's distraction, right, from the real deal. The real question is, how are people being treated in these workplaces and spaces? What is the accountability, right, from the standpoint of what is the model of accountability and how is it being implemented, right? Does the board of directors know about all of the issues and problems? Have they really heard from employees of diverse backgrounds? Um, you know, one thing I, I learned uh, maybe last week uh, or two weeks ago, and I don't know why this didn't dawn on me, but one thing that I learned is that American companies, because I have no idea of if this is in other countries, but American countries, uh, companies, corporations, actually have a type of insurance that um, they use and pay so that when employees sue them for discrimination, wrongdoing, harassment, um, uh, uh, unequal pay, 
uh, unaccom- you know, not accommodating their needs, like, you know, for neurodiversity or, or disabilities or whatever. Uh, companies have insurance and they pay insurance companies. So they pay these premiums and then these insurance companies pay out these, uh, these lawsuits and things that employees file. Um, so the companies never really take a hit. So I'm sharing that to say that, you know, workplace accountability, unfortunately, um, can't be left up to the leaders in these workplaces to do it. Workplace accountability has to be a job for everyone. And, you know, one of the the, the, the main topics um, that is going to that I'm going to be uh, talking about uh, because it's a theme um, at CFIBA, which is um, the think tank that I founded is workplace accountability and what that actually looks like. And so for me, Black History Month, just it just screams and screams and screams workplace accountability because it'll just be super fascinating to see all of the beautiful images, right, of, of blackness and black people and black representation and, and, and whatever, but to really find out later from employees, right? What uh, did your company really do, right? Uh, what, did, what made you feel heard? What made you feel seen? Do you feel heard or seen or do you feel tokenized? And so that's, you know, one of the things that, that, that I'm super interested to see how it progresses over, um, you know, the next four weeks. Next week, I'm going to be back and I'm going to, you know, see how things are started, how they started. And then, you know, we're going to talk about how it's going. But, you know, I'm going to call out what I see, um, you know, when I see these companies uh, talking about what they're doing for Black History Month. Um, I'm going to do some research and see, you know, what their real stats are, right? We know when it comes to tech companies, um, especially big tech, we know that the amount of black employees that are not in, uh, you know, um, customer service type roles is somewhere between one and 3%. And, you know, that's if the company is uh, being, you know, um, transparent and honest about it. We also know that when companies report their EEO um, see data, right, that they um, are allowed to segment things in a certain way so that the reports look one way, but the actual is what it is, right? We also know, especially those of you who currently or have ever worked in a large company, meaning like, you know, more than 10 or 20 or 30,000 employees, right? You know that communication and things are very tightly controlled so that transparency is um, more difficult to um, uncover and definitely difficult to maintain because knowledge is power and information right in the right hands um, can either be um, great or it could be dangerous right and 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 so what I want to help people understand is that knowledge is power and that you have your own abilities, right, to be able to look at not only your career, not only your experiences um, during Black History Month, but at all times, right, in a way that are going to to benefit you. Um, but before, you know, I sign off today, I want to talk about the act, the exasperation. And maybe I should have picked a better word because it's feeling kind of tongue twisty for me today. 
but <clears throat> the exasperation of Black History Month. I think part of the exasperation, um, and I think it's changed for me over the time, you know, um, as I've gotten older um, and as my daughter, you know, has grown up, but the exasperation of how it seems to be talked about and treated, right? Um, whether it's people in your professional circles, whether it's people in your personal life, whether, you know, it's how you see it portrayed in the media, right? And in and, and other places, I think the thing is, you know, it's easy to be overwhelmed, right? It's easy to become exasperated because of a lot of different things, right? Whether you are talking about, you know, documentaries and things showing up on, on your feed and Netflix or, you know, stories coming up specifically in other feeds or music on Spotify, right? These things might trigger some uncomfortable feelings. And when that happens, just know that that's okay. And also know that when you do have, you know, uncomfortable feelings, um, sometimes they could be related to some uh, unresolved or, or previous um, trauma. I think Black History Month can be exasperating because I think there are a lot of traumatizing aspects to it. Um, one is, you know, people showing uh, pictures, even if it's artwork or, or sharing stories, right? Um, from times when, uh, you know, Black people were enslaved in this country. Um, you know, watching uh, certain documentaries um, around things that were injustices, right? Injustices um, and unjust treatment and, and things um, that happened to Black people. You don't have to overly consume this content in February just because it's Black History Month. Because your black history in the making, right? Um, the Beyonce said that. I was trying to remember who said it, and I'm hearing it in my mind uh, on a on a record, and I couldn't figure it out. I know black Beyonce is one person that said uh, black history in the making, right? Um, and so because we are black history in the making, I think we have an opportunity to not let this Black History Month 2022, February 1st to March 1st, 2022, not be one where we are exasperated. I think we can make this Black History Month one where we are exuberant, one where we are exhilarated, and one where we are enlightened, right? And we can be enlightened around how we want to tell our stories, how we want to create Black history from February 1st forward, but not just February 1st forward, from today forward, from the minute that you hear this, from the minute that you decide and you remember, yeah, I'm Black history in the making, and you get up and you do your thing. Now, let's not for any moment, right, um, think that it's not important to share contributions um, that have been made um, and how those contributions have set the, the table and set the foundation and the framework for a lot of things, whether we're talking math, whether we're talking science, whether we're talking art, whether we're talking music, whether we're talking instruments, it, architecture, right? We should share that. But also, right, let's live in that story that we need to create right? That story, and let's engage people in that story. 
And let's remember that we are the authors, right, of our own stories. And 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 let's really do that. And 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 the story is beautiful, regardless of its trauma, its tragedy, its stress, mess, drama, right? It's beautiful. And our lives are beautiful, right? And so this Black History Month, I encourage everyone to think about Black history as history in the making. And so with that, we're going to have another um, group chat and we are going to talk about Black history even more. And I'm going to talk about what these companies are doing. So thanks for joining and I will see you soon.